Ray Brown's Talking Birds. Made possible by the generous support of the Bird Watchers General Store. Orleans, Cape Cod. BirdWatchersGeneralStore.com. And here's a special message from our friends at Ocean State Bird Club. They can't lead their free group walks right now, but they hope you're still getting your outdoor time in by watching birds. Find Ocean State Bird Club online at OceanStateBirdClub.org. Find them on Facebook, and you can tell them what you're seeing as the spring migration continues. Ocean State Bird Club. Good morning. Welcome to our show, number 778. We'll start off in international mode this morning. The sound of the dawn chorus. Seems like an especially good day to listen to it because as we air our show live here on the 3rd of May, it's officially International Dawn Chorus Day. It started in the UK but celebrated around the world in a growing number of countries as the worldwide celebration of nature's greatest symphony. Of course, we have a lot of Dawn Chorus Days right now and pretty easy to enjoy almost anywhere. Just open a window early in the morning and coming this Saturday there'll be another big day quite literally in this case because May 9th is Global Big Day organized by the folks at eBird last year 34,000 people in 173 countries observed almost 7,000 species about two-thirds of the world's bird species in a single day well, this year, due to the worldwide pandemic, the focus has shifted to finding birds closer to home, but it is still happening. A quick online search for Global Big Day will provide all the details. Extra, extra, read all about it. Meanwhile, on our TalkingBirds.com website and on our Facebook page, we're offering the following right now. Exciting news from our friends at the Audubon Society of Rhode Island with their Peregrine Falcon webcam has just revealed that the first Providence Peregrine has hatched. So we'll link you to that live webcam. Our Mike O'Connor has been watching Red-Shouldered Hawks on Cape Cod. We'll link you to his newspaper article about that and about a big milestone there concerning nesting bald eagles. On our Facebook page only, we'll connect you to another live webcam. This one's at an osprey nest in a salt marsh on the coast of Georgia. And one other thing, will the lights go out on skyscrapers in Dallas to help prevent bird crashes? They will if former First Lady Laura Bush has anything to say about it. She's encouraging Dallas lights out to help that effort there in the city of Dallas. We have that story, a link to it on our website, uh, not on our website, but on our Facebook page. And thanks to our friend and Talking Birds ambassador, Nick Cart, for letting us know about this story. Nick is in New Hampshire, but he's paying attention, obviously, to things all over. And that is the sound of our mystery bird. A preview of our mystery bird contest coming up shortly with some beautiful prizes attached. Our mystery bird is a small, fairly long-legged songbird with kind of a long tail, a round head, and a longish bill. Our friends at the Cornell Labs say it should be seen in the full sun when the male is a glossy, almost liquid combination of black, midnight blue, and metallic green. 
with an intense yellow eye. Females are a dark gray-brown. Our bird breeds in the western U.S. and up into Canada and winters in the southern U.S. and Mexico. And here's a little bonus clue. If you're a beer maker, this bird's for you. That's a preview. The prizes include the beautiful Droll Yankees Bottoms Up Finch Feeder. Not great for house sparrows and starlings, which have a tough time hanging by their feet, but for lots of other birds that you can welcome to your backyard. Bonus prizes include the app that makes learning bird sounds a game. That's the LarkWire app, available as a download to your iOS device or for online access. And a 12-ounce bag of our favorite coffee, delicious, shade-grown, bird-friendly birds and beans coffee. Great coffee and good for birds, too, down in the neotropics. Prizes there and clues in the sound of our mystery bird in that contest coming on just a little bit later on in this morning's show. I just want to thank you. I just want to thank you. We are trying to find things to be thankful for in these uh, rather difficult times. And, you know, it's really not that hard. And one thing we're thankful about is our wonderful Talking Birds listeners who become Talking Birds ambassadors, helping to spread the word about our show and about birds and conservation. Thank you to Robert Stevenson from Clarkston, Washington. He says, I've been a lifelong birder and continue to be amazed by bird variants and behaviors. My wife and I travel to do bird photography. We travel extensively. Our interest never wanes, even with repeated encounters. Birds are as individual as ourselves. Great observations, Robert, and thanks so much for becoming a Talking Birds ambassador. He also says that he and his wife, Beverly, often listen to our podcasts when driving to their birding destinations and that they just completed a big month with a 5,500-mile circle of the southeast. And he sent us a couple of cool photos from that trip, a purple gallinule and a common gallinule. We've described or displayed them proudly on our Talking Birds Instagram page. And thank you to Luke Friend in Astoria, New York. He says, we're British birders living and working in New York, excited for the adventure of birding abroad. Luke and his wife, Amy, are from Bristol in southwest England. And he says, it's certainly tough times here in New York, but we're keeping safe. Hope you are too. We're not using the subway right now, but fortunately, our local parks, Astoria Park and Randall's Island, can be reached on foot and have plenty to offer. We've seen eastern Phoebes the last couple of days, as well as golden-crowned kinglets, brown creepers, northern flickers, and plenty more. Now, this is a little bit ago, so I'm sure they're finding a lot more since then, since they sent us this note. And he says, Randall's Island has a salt marsh area that's been redeveloped for flora and fauna. So we get to check out belted kingfishers, great blue herons, mergansers, buffleheads, the list goes on. My wife is teaching a nursery class on the Upper East Side in Manhattan, less than a block from Central Park, and recently taught a whole topic on birds and bird watching for the children. They loved it and still talk about it now that she is teaching them all remotely. Well, if you'd like to become a Talking Birds ambassador, we hope you will join Luke and Robert and many more. Just go to our website, TalkingBirds.com, and find Become an Ambassador under the Get Involved button. 
at the top of the page. Still to come on our show today, we'll learn about a fascinating phenomenon, crow roosts, when Lawrence, Massachusetts, Crow Patrol leader Craig Gibson joins us this morning. Plus, we'll catch up with Mike O'Connor in our Let's Ask Mike segment about why all those birds are tap-tap-tapping on your kitchen window. Meanwhile, it's early May, and ruby-throated hummingbirds are now being seen all over the eastern U.S. and parts of the West. Rufus hummingbirds have reached Idaho and Montana, and black chins and broad tails are being reported across the mountainous West, as is the hummer species that we're about to meet up with in this revamped report for today's featured Feathered Friends segment presented by Birdwatching Magazine. For more than a quarter century, Birdwatching has been North America's premier magazine about wild birds and birding. Let's put a couple of things together here to come up with this week's featured feathered friend. One is the fact that it's the smallest bird in North America, north of Mexico. That would pretty much explain which family of birds we're talking about. Combine that with the identity of the instrument we're listening to, and it would appear that we've got ourselves right, the very small calliope hummingbird. How small is it? Uh, really small. It weighs about as much as a pencil, and I don't mean the mechanical kind. And it's about as long as a pencil. A golf pencil, that is. The calliope hummingbird is beautiful, too, with shimmering green upper parts, and in the male, long reddish-purple throat feathers. Its breeding territory includes western Canada, along with much of the U.S. Northwest and parts of California, Nevada, and Utah. And its long distance traveling down to Mexico and back makes it the smallest long-distance avian migrant in the world. Although the Calliope hummingbird's scientific genus name was until fairly recently Stellula, or Little Star, the bird's been reassigned to the genus Salasphorus. But that also translates to something pretty flashy, flame bearer. While its species name, Calliope, means beautiful voice. An interesting moniker for a tiny bird with a tiny sound. The Calliope Hummingbird, Salasphorus, Calliope. Today's Talking Birds featured feathered friend. Welcome again to our show number 778. You can find out more about our show at TalkinBirds.com. Leave out the G. That's TalkinBirds.com. Well, among his many other talents, Craig Gibson is a talented bird and conservation photographer. Focus these days is on the winter crow roost in Lawrence, Massachusetts and through the eastern part of the state. He's been also the leader in developing activities and events with local arts, education, and community groups, and working with conservation and environmental organizations and for new citizen science initiatives. Over the past three winter seasons, Craig and partners have documented more than 250 observation nights while monitoring, documenting, and photographing the overnight staging and roosting of thousands upon thousands of American crows and some fish crows as well. And he joins us now to tell us more about it. Good morning, Craig. Good morning, Ray. Thanks for the opportunity to join you. 
It's our pleasure indeed. Uh, Craig, it's too bad that here in late spring the crow roosts aren't active because when I joined a group you led to see the birds, it was pretty chilly. It was a cold, <laughs> cold end of January day. We had a wonderful group, and as you might recall, Ray, there was just great energy. There was great passion and, and fascination to be out at the edge of the river watching the crows come into the roost for that night. That certainly is true, and you could just tell it, uh, well, by your enthusiasm that was very uh, contagious, if I may use that word in these days, among the <laughs> among the folks that were, were there. Um, so, uh, Craig, tell us about this crow roost phenomenon. What makes it so fascinating to so many people? It, it, it Ray, without fail, first-time observers, when they arrive, they have great anticipation. They're not exactly sure what to expect, and without fail... The sense of awe, beauty, majesty. How many times in nature are we truly just, where we have a jaw-dropping experience? And so I think for so many who come out who are interested and fascinated, they may have done a little homework, seen some pictures before. This this coming together of so, so many large numbers of birds converging into a single spot for a, a, an overnight gathering, it, literally takes your breath away and every night i'm out there it's the same thing i know what's going to happen i know about <laughs> how it's going to happen but the way it happens every time is just it's an eye-popping experience and a reminder of the mystery of nature mm -hmm. well when i tagged along on one of your patrols last uh this past winter we saw what uh, i think fifteen thousand crows was the estimate coming to roost by the Merrimack River and also very close to an interstate highway overpass. Craig, has any reason been uncovered as to how they pick their roosting spots? I know they change and maybe why they would choose an area so close to a major highway. Um, it's hard to say, Ray, and that's part of what uh, continues to drive uh, so many of us to try to research this uh, further. Uh, we did have this winter when you were out with us, about 15,000 birds at that point in time. Uh, Bob Fox has been our reliable and deeply experienced counter of large groupings of birds, and so Bob has been a provider of those estimates as they rise during the course of the winter season. Um, what we do know is that the crows typically, and I've been to visit many other roost locations, is they continue, more recently, they're drawn to these urban locations. Um, it may be because it's a heat island effect. It may be because of, of protection from predators. It may be because of ambient lighting. Um, they, they tend to be in these locations that are in and around cities. Uh, a few years ago, they, they were closer to the New Balance building, about a mile away. This winter, the pattern was very different, but the ambient lighting, there is no, in this location this year, next to Route 93 North and the river, uh, there was no, no pedestrian traffic nearby. They, they habituate to the car traffic, but they do have that ambient lighting, and it may serve as a, an information center every night or a dating bar or something along those lines. All, all part of the mystery. Mm. Well, as I said, fascinating and spectacular to see, but not everyone likes crows, right? I mean, what's the range of reaction you get when you tell people that you're going to go out on the banks of a river when it's almost getting dark and thousands of crows will be flying around. Well, it's a wonderful opportunity, Ray, to, to 
change the dynamic of that perception. Many of the viewers that come and join us, and we've had group after group after group. This winter, when we put notice out, we were typically oversubscribed for each of the gatherings, as was the case when you were there with uh, uh, Christian uh, Roots. The, the, um, for many, there's been a distant uh, affiliation with crows in the past, not, not a close contact. Uh, when there's an opportunity to see them up close, we can see the, 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 the beauty of their plumage, and, and especially if it's done in great light. But the, the mystery of this uh, amazing phenomenon leaves everyone permanently changed about how they look at crows. In some cities, they can be scavengers, they can they can poop all over the place, they can be a nuisance, and there are those who try to uh, rid them from any inner city locations. In Lawrence, it hasn't been a problem, and uh, we see many of those who join us come away with a deep sense of awe about the beauty of these birds. Remember, the crows, first and foremost, are known for being very smart, very social, and family-centered, and there's an opportunity to appreciate that. We're really short on time, Craig, but I know you're doing some great things with educational programs and art exhibits as well that, as you said, brings a broader audience to appreciate these birds. Give us a real quick overview of some of that, if you would. Quickly, we worked with Kathy McLaurin, who's the executive director at the Essex Art Center. We have done a, a, a three-gallery show on the Winter Crow Roost the last two years. The number of uh, uh, attendees that have come in to see the, the photography and the artwork has broken all kinds of attendance records. We've worked with um, the Boys and Girls Club of Lawrence. We've done... Uh, a wonderful uh, staff over there worked with the second to third, fourth, and fifth graders to do art and writing programs. Uh, we're working with Groundwork Lawrence. Uh, we had 10 high schoolers out this uh, uh, winter from January up until April. They just did a recap a couple weeks ago. Uh, the high schoolers from Lawrence through Groundwork Lawrence did an online curriculum with the Cornell Lab of Ornithology. So um, we're trying to expand where we can have uh, uh, artwork about crows on display and then working with a, a larger number of school groups uh, to, to, to help them understand the beauty and mystery uh, behind the winter crow roost phenomenon. Mm. And again, as you indicated a minute ago, uh, there are crow roosts in many other parts of the country these days. And while we're mostly staying home these days, uh, this is a great time to visit the Crow Roost website and see some amazing photos and videos of this spectacular crow roosting phenomenon. Uh, this is a blog. It's called wintercrowroost.com, wintercrowroost.com. Craig, thank you so much, and I look forward to joining you on another venture next fall. Sounds great. God bless you. Be safe. And thanks again, Ray. And I'm going to pick a warmer day next time. <laughs> Stay well. All right. Thank you, Craig. An American crow giving us a little coda to our chat uh, with our friend Craig Gibson. Coming up uh, next here, it's our mystery bird contest in just one minute. Hello, I'm Ed Begley Jr. And wherever you call home, the sounds of wildlife connect you with a greater family of life. That's why you shudder each time you see woods, marshes, meadows, or grasslands being destroyed. You know that countless birds and other wild animals are losing their homes, the greatest threat to their survival. Among the growing number of threats to wildlife, habitat loss is the most devastating. The Humane Society Wildlife Land Trust offers a humane solution, working with private landowners to protect habitat as permanent safe havens for wildlife. 
When you hear the familiar wild voices you love, remember, your voice is the one that can speak for wildlife and for the land they call home, ensuring that it stays forever wild. To learn more, to work with the Humane Society Wildlife Land Trust, visit wildlifelandtrust.org. Our Mystery Bird Contest is presented by Red Start Birding. Red Start Birding is your new resource for birding optics, gear, and expertise. Great birding starts at redstartbirding.com. Some sounds produced by our mystery bird, a small, fairly long-legged songbird with a kind of a long tail, a round head, and a longish bill. Our friends at the Cornell Lab of Ornithology say it should be given a view in the full sun when the male is a glossy, almost liquid combination of black, midnight blue, and metallic green with a piercing yellow eye. Females are dark gray-brown. Our bird breeds in the western U.S. and up into Canada and winters in the southern U.S. and Mexico. And that bonus clue, if you're a beer maker, this bird's for you. Beautiful prizes include the Droll Yankees Bottoms Up Finch Feeder that comes complete with a lifetime warranty against squirrel damage. Plus, the app that makes learning bird sounds a game, that's the LarkWire app. Available as a download to your iOS device or for online access. And a 12-ounce bag of delicious, shade-grown, bird-friendly Birds and Beans coffee. We love this coffee, and you will too, and the birds love it as well. A preview there of our Mystery Bird Contest coming along uh, just ahead here. And we hope you'll call us as soon as you can to uh, take part in the contest. Remember, even if you get the wrong answer, you may still be the winner. 781 837-4900 is the number. 781-837-4900. Meanwhile, let's ask Mike live in just one minute. We're for the birds. And we want to say thanks to another Talking Birds ambassador who's helping to spread the word about our show and about birds and conservation. My name is Tanya Giannone, and I'm from Arlington, Virginia. I like being a Talking Birds ambassador because it lets me share with others my enthusiasm about birds. And also, in particular, when someone asks me a question, hey, what do you like about birding or how do you do birding? I have a great way to share with them because I can share with them the show. Talking Birds listeners, we hope you'll join our ambassadors family. It's easy to do. Just visit our website, talkingbirds.com. Click on Get Involved at the top of the homepage and then choose the Become an Ambassador option at talkingbirds.com. Join today and thanks. Michael Connor is down there at the famous Bird Watchers General Store, and maybe he'll tell us about the very special technique that he uh, uses to help his customers there and serve them out in their cars. But first, we want to find out about birds tap, tap, tapping on your windows. Good morning, Mike. Hey, good morning, Ray. And it's, yeah, it's one of those rites of spring. I probably discussed this in spring's past, but it comes around every year where people have a bird not accidentally hitting their windows, which is a big, sad problem. Yeah. But these birds are hitting the, the windows on purpose. Mm-hmm. And the birds, the two notorious are cardinals and um, robins, but 
Other birds do it as well. A lot of everything from turkeys to parallel warblers to song sparrows, just kind of flying at the window and picking at it and coming back and flying at it again. It's because and they people... see that nice bowl of fruit on your kitchen table that they want to come in, right? <laughs> That's right. But it, did you did you say something about? One lady thought they were going for the bugs on their uh, spiders on the windowsill. Our friend Liz here at the radio station thought maybe that was it. Yeah, they could see a little spider webs, not in your window or mine, Mike. Where there no, never no, be Liz, anything Liz got some cleaning like issues. that. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, but, but that could be a thing with hummingbirds that you started to say. They do do. They will do that, but. Um, typically, the birds, when they find out they can't get it, they move on. These birds are relentless. They yeah. start at sunrise, and then they'll take a break, and they'll start it again, and they might go for a couple of weeks. Basically, it's all it is is the bird was a little bit overly aggressive and is nesting nearby and trying to drive out the reflection, the mirror image, mm-hmm. or the other bird, in, yeah. in this particular bird's mind, out of its territory. So when the cardinal sees its reflection, they think, oh, here's another male cardinal. I'll get this guy out and flies at it, <laughs> takes off. Bang, bang, bang. And, you know, that's what, that's what the story is. But a lot of customers, they think, right, like I said, they're trying to get bugs. They're trying to get in the house to the plant. A lot of people think it's a, a past relative has come back in the form of a cardinal or a robin. You know, Aunt Minnie loves cardinals, so she's coming back to visit in the form of a cardinal. They have all these kind of odd interpretations of it. And it's not bad. The birds don't die, you know, um, so it's, it's okay, but it can be annoying. So if it's a problem for you, you know, if you can't live with it, you can block the window. Um, and one of the easiest things to do is get those clear, plastic, thick uh, drop cloths that painters use and tack that over your window. Uh, it stops the reflection. The bird can't get to it. Now, the bird could go to another window. That's a problem. But uh, if you have one window, a particular bedroom window, or it's really bothering you, block that. They also do the car side mirrors, or mm-hmm. a big thing, and I can drive down the road this time of year, and I see people with, like, baggies and bags tied to their side mirrors to keep the birds from doing it, because one, one customer had so much bird droppings, I don't know why he didn't clean it up, but it was just covered, and the guy's driving around with just, like, almost like wedding cake frosting <laughs> all over this, coming down to the side of his car. Oh, I bet he's got a lot of spider webs inside his windows. <laughs> <laughs> All right, thank you so much, Mike. Thank you. Everybody stay safe. Talk to you next week. Mike O'Connor down there at the famous Bird Watchers General Store, Orleans, Cape Cod. We're back to the Mystery Bird Contest um, right after this. Every Wednesday, Birdwatching Magazine sends an e-newsletter full of information of interest to bird watchers, including recent news stories about birds, conservation, and science, photography tips, stories about places to go birding, bird ID tips, and much more. Best of all, the newsletter is free. Sign up today at birdwatchingdaily.com newsletter. 781-837-4900, the number on our mystery bird contest. We're hearing the sound of that small, fairly long-legged songbird with kind of a long tail, a round head, and a longish bill. A bird breeds in the western U.S. and up into Canada and winters in the southern U.S. and Mexico. I guess we might as well give that bonus clue again. Uh, if you're a beer maker, uh, this bird's for you. Prizes include the Droll Yankees Bottoms Up Finch Feeder, the LarkWire app to make learning bird sounds a game, and a 12-ounce bag of delicious, shade-grown, bird-friendly birds and beans coffee. And Doris is up there in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Good morning, Doris. Good morning, Ray. Great to talk to you. Well, great to hear from you. Thank you. Let's see. You're pretty far north of us. What are you seeing for 
birds heading north uh, at this point here in early May? Well, of course, we saw the, the robins coming up in March. And, you know, we mostly have been seeing our, our regular winter ones, the cardinals, the, the jays. Um, seeing some more of the sparrows, like the, the song sparrows have come back, which is nice. And, of course, the goldfinches, uh, we're getting a lot of those. Um, so I'm just looking forward to seeing more. All right. Well, good luck with that, too. And we want to go to the mystery bird contest and see if you can tell us uh, what that bird is. or what, what, what do you say it is, Doris? I think it's a brewer's blackbird. Let me check. Yes. <laughs> Very nice. The brewer's blackbird is uh, absolutely correct. Let's see. In your particular location, you probably wouldn't see uh, many brewers. No. Um, at first, I thought it might have been a grackle mm -hmm. um, because we definitely get a lot of grackles in this area. And it certainly sounds like one too. That kind of a rusty hinge kind of mm -hmm. a thing going on there. Well, anyway, nice work, Doris. If you will stay on the line, uh, Jesse will uh, take care of uh, connecting you with those prizes. Thank you very much. All right. Thank you, Doris, up in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada, correctly identifying the Brewer's Blackbird as our mystery bird this morning. Guess what? We are just about out of time for this week. Next week on our show, probably the best-known birder and bird author in the country, David Sibley will be with us as our special guest on next week's show. Thanks to our amazing Talking Birds team, Debbie Bleacher, Frey McGregor, and our producing engineer, Jesse Wilkins. I'm Ray Brown. See you next week. Ray Brown's Talking Birds. Made possible by the generous support of the Bird Watchers General Store. For Lean's Cape Cod. BirdWatchersGeneralStore.com by Celestron, offering binoculars and scopes for birders of all levels. Celestron.com by Birds and Beans Shade-Grown Bird-Friendly Coffee. BirdsAndBeans.com And here's a special message from our friends at Ocean State Bird Club. They can't lead their free group walks right now, but they hope you're still getting your outdoor time in by watching birds. Find Ocean State Bird Club online at OceanStateBirdClub.org. Find them on Facebook, and you can tell them what you're seeing as the spring migration continues. Ocean State Bird Club.